Well, good morning. It is good to see all of you here today, because if you weren't here, I'd just be talking to myself. No, it's good to have all of you, and it's a, a pleasure to be here. I have, some, I have some interesting personal news, and I'll just get this out of the way, and you heard it from me. I proposed to Tina last night, and she said yes. So, <clears throat> not a standing ovation, seriously. Okay. <laughs> Be praying for Tina. She's going to need it. All right. Well, today is a, a beautiful day. Uh, uh, there's a, a supposedly a little rodent that's going to come out of his burrow and tell us about the weather, and he'll probably do just as good a job as the weathermen often do. He may be right. He may be wrong, but who really cares? But it is Groundhog's Day, and also it's another interesting day for the three of us that are... are uh, Super Bowl fans, uh, there's, a, there's a game on today, and uh, it used to be cute when they did it with Roman numerals. Now we have to kind of think about it and go, L is what, 40? What is L, 50? I don't know. It's, it's Roman, so it's probably 54, I'm not sure. I, mean, I remember 30 was a really important one, and then uh, 46 was a good one, and wasn't it 50? Wasn't that a good one? So anyway... <laughs> You could care less, I know. Well, <clears throat> Chiefs, 49ers, they're ready to play the, one of the world's biggest games on one of the world's biggest stage. It'll be broadcast in 132 countries. If you wanted to purchase a uh, particular 30-second spot, it would cost you about $2.4 million, and the judge says, I'll take a minute. No, <laughs> but it's like, whoa, that's a bunch of money. Multitudes will tune in and witness this incredible game. And you're like, oh, just fell asleep there just for a second. All right. Interestingly enough, this does have a parallel to where we are in our walk with Christ. It's very interesting that the Bible says there is a cloud, a great cloud of witnesses. And they are on the edge of their seat as if this was the Super Bowl. This was the Super Sunday, and, and they're there watching, and they're, they're kind of in this, in this mode of, of cheering us on, and they're saying, you can do it. Look, we did it. You too can do it. You can, you can succeed. You can be successful. You can win. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, wherefore, seeing we also are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witness, he says, let's lay aside every encumbrance, every weight, all the sin which easily overcomes and easily trips us up and let us run with patience the race that's set before us. And if you think about this, as it uh, uh, applies to us today, there are very, uh, uh, it's very interesting to think about the similarities between a, a game like this that really is not that important. If, if I asked you who won the 30th Super Bowl, you'd like, who really cares besides me? It was the Packers. And it's like, who really cares? But if I want to talk to you about winning your race, about winning your game, this game of life and, and succeeding and, and winning with, with Christ, and he says, I've won, now, now stick with me. And he says, this is how you do it. And as we look back at, at Super Bowl champions, uh, there's great similarities and characteristics and makeup of their teams, which parallels the New Testament church. 
I find this very interesting. Think about what makes a team great and what makes an individual in that team great. And I believe it begins and ends with Ephesians chapter 6. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Here Paul speaks to the saints there in Ephesus, and he has this to say. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, which which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one, and, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And with all prayer and petition and prayer at all times in the Spirit, with all this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Notice, there's something about this particular battle that we're in that parallels I believe, this game that we'll see on television. Maybe you'll see this today, but think about this, the parallels. We have helmets. In our case, in our spiritual fight, we have helmet, the helmet of salvation. We have, uh, in football, we've got those shoulder pads, and those, those men look much larger because they have all this padding around their shoulders and around their body, and they, they bulk up. They look, they look huge, and it's this breastplate of righteousness, in our case. They uh, have thigh pads and they have things around their legs and often many of them wear uh, knee braces and in our case we gird our loins with the truth. They have cleats that can keep them from falling and slipping in the, in the grass or the turf and they, they can run with, with great speed and agility. We also have our feet shod with the, pre- the preparation of the gospel of peace. They have a line, a front line, and, and sometimes if you add up the weight of those individuals that are there in the front line, it is well over a thousand pounds, thousand pounds to shield the person behind them. We have a shield of faith. You see, there's many similarities. And when we think of ourselves as the body of Christ, as the church of Christ, I want us to be on fire for the Lord. I don't want us to be solid in these same areas that these Super Bowl teams are solid. First of all, it's been said, defense wins championships. If you're not familiar with that phrase, let me, let me inter- enlighten you. <laughs> the offense sells tickets. We want to see individuals like Mahomes and like uh, these young men that can throw the ball and, and spectacularly into the arms of running, other running people that are catching the ball. And it's like it's amazing that they can thread that in and drop it right into the basket, right into their hands. That's the offense. But defense wins 
championships. And you think about this for a second. Without a defense, the other team can just score at will. They can score as many points as they can, and, and they often do and win without a good defense. They must be able to turn back the opposing team. Notice what it says in chapter 6, verse 12. The struggle that we are in. It's defensive. It's a defensive battle. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not like we're on the gridiron with other individuals, but it's against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is a real struggle, and we need to have a real defense. We need to understand that where we stand as Christians, we have to have something to defend ourselves. And this is a defense. This is something that we defend against those spiritual forces of wickedness. What, may you ask, is that? We must be able to defend the faith. As Christians, we have an obligation to be ready to explain the things we believe in, to make a defense. Do you really believe what you believe is real? <laughs> really? <laughs> and can you defend it? Can you tell someone, I believe that Jesus was raised from the dead? Okay, that's interesting. But can you defend that statement? Can you make a defense of that statement? Can you p provide any evidence to support that belief? And many of us, many of us can. And we can, we can go toe-to-toe -to -toe and we can defend the faith. As Christians, we're called to have a great defense. 1 Peter 3 reminds us, always be ready to explain it. What do you believe? And then why do you believe it? And without that, your, your testimony becomes very questionable. Without the defense... The opponent can come at you. And I, I, I often wonder about the opponents, and they make claims. If there was a God, why does he allow suffering? Well, can you answer that? Can you defend that? And the short answer is, well, sometimes pain is good. <laughs> sometimes suffering is good. All of a sudden, I have an ache in my back or an ache in my side. It's like I go to the doctor. They go, oh, by the way, you got a big old tumor in there. Well, without the pain, I would have never known. Without the suffering, I wouldn't know. And so you can make a simple response like that. Defend the faith. Always be ready to explain it. And I used to tell my kids in my youth group, I say, you may not remember the answer, but just remember there is an answer. <laughs> and often uh, years have gone by. Uh, I can't remember the last time someone called, but there's been times when young people uh, call me up and they go, I remember you had an answer for this, but I can't remember. All right. Call up the preacher. Call up the elder. Call up one of your friends and say, remind me again of that answer. I, I need to defend this. Someone asked me this question, and I need to make a defense. Be ready to make a defense. Without a good defense, the opponent can do whatever they want. Number two, <clears throat> winning teams have a good playbook. If you ever watch the football team, you ever watch the uh, uh, plays now, the coach or the, the guy playing the calls, will, or calling the plays, will hold up the card in front of his face and talk into a microphone. He's talking to the quarterback, and he's giving him the play. Now, the reason they do this is because there's other people on the opponent team that will zoom in and read their lips. <laughs> They're cheating. Patriots. 
but it's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh, did I say it out loud? Okay, sorry. But they have a playbook, and they, they work through the plays, and they say, okay, run this, run that, do this, have this defense, and do these things, and we'll win. They have a great playbook. Do we have a playbook? It's known as the Bible. We need to follow these three steps. <laughs> we need to know this book. This book is bigger than a playbook. This book is better than a playbook. This is life. This is the book of life. And in order to understand it, in order to have it part of our existence, we, we begin by reading it. We, somebody needs to lay this down in front of us and say, please read this. That's where it begins. Read it. And as you read it, you begin to understand it. And then, when you read it again and again and again, you begin to memorize it. Put it into your heart. Let it spill out over all of your life, over all your activities. Put this word into your mind, and then it just comes out. There's places that remind me of the Scripture, and I've, I've memorized Scripture because of it. I've started to read it, and then I memorize it. I make it part of me. And then, of course, study it. It'd be nice if the Lord would just open up our brains and uh, have a little hinge and then open it and just dump it in there. And then close it and say, now go about your business now that you're one of my children. You can just, now you have all information. No, it takes some work. It's like anything you do. Practice, practice, practice. You got to know the playbook. You got to understand what he's trying to tell you. You got to Put it in action. We come to know the Bible by reading it. Someone once said there are three rules to follow in order to have a deep understanding of the Word of God. Can you guess what they are? Number one, read the Bible. Number two, read the Bible. <laughs> guess what the third one is? Read the Bible. You got it, didn't you? It's like, I got it. It's like, okay, it's not rocket science. You got to read it. And he says, that's the, that's the secret to success, to understanding. The Bible doesn't need to be rewritten. It needs to be reread. We come to know the Bible. And as we do, it provides guidance. The psalmist would say, I've hidden it in my heart. I understand what you're trying to tell me. I've, I've made it a part of me. There's a reason for that. So I don't do the things that displease him. And then he goes on to say, he says, I want you to do this. Day and night, I want you to think about this. Observe it according to all that's written in there. Joshua was instructed, meditate day and night and observe what's written there. And he says, then you succeed. Read it. Memorize it. Study it. He says, this word, we have an uh, objective, we have a responsibility to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Apparently, I can understand it. <laughs> Apparently, it's not so deep and so mysterious that I, it just goes over my head. If I apply myself and if I work at it, I can get it. 
Now, there are some difficult passages. There are some difficult books. And it's, it's up to us to kind of work through those and, and let the Scripture, in the easier parts of the Scripture, uh, interpret the harder parts. But for the most part, third grade, fourth grade, they get it. <laughs> I mean, i got to stop sinning. Yeah, you get it. I mean, i got to be dipped publicly in, in water. Yep, I got that. Third grade mentality. They understand that. And then as your life progresses, you begin to see the depth of it. And it's wonderful. Study to show yourself approved. So not only do we need a great playbook, we need to have a great play caller. <laughs> In Corinthians, it's interesting to think about the Holy Spirit as our play caller. He, he signals in the play from God, and <clears throat> he illuminates this information, and he says, this is the mind of God. This is the wisdom of God. This is where all of this information comes from. The source material of this information, this playbook, as you, will, as you would, it's, it's here from the Holy Spirit, from the mind of God. We have this intimacy with God. We have responsibility to have a conversation with Him. We speak to Him in prayer, as it said there, verse 19. Do this often, verse 18. This is why we pray. This is how we pray. We speak to Him in prayer. And in 1 Corinthians 2, He says, This is the wisdom of God. We've received this, the Spirit of God. We can know these things. He illuminates the Scripture. He says, Here it is. The Spirit works through the Word of God to accomplish His purpose in our life. It's sufficient to supply all God, all, his, all He wants for us. And finally, champions, those that are successful on the, the little gridiron of football team, seems rather insignificant now that we've compared it to the Christian walk and the Christian battle. But think about this. <clears throat> they play hard for 60 minutes. They work through their difficulties. There was a game this last, uh, this last month or a month ago uh, where a, a team was down 24 to nothing. And it's like, how can you overcome that? Well, you know what they did? They just kept playing. They kept playing, they kept playing, they kept playing, and they won. But they were down 24 to zero. A lot of teams would have given up. But they kept playing. They persevered. Many a battle is won in the mind and the heart long before it's ever fought. To pers persist in a state, enterprise, or undertaking in spite of opposition or discouragement. How can we persevere? Well, first of all, in order to persevere, in order to have this perseverance, in order to stay strong, we need to know this book. <laughs> we need to know what's coming. We need to understand that God has this plan, and He understands us, and He, underst he created us, and so He says, this is going to help you, so study this, read this, make this part of your life. Know the playbook, and don't let anybody slow you down. We talked about that this morning in Bible class. Can anyone do anything to separate us from the love of Christ? Can anyone? No. Anyone say anything? No. We have to go in knowing that we win, and we persevere to the end. And then we think about those who did finish well. And we've been reading our chronological Bible this year, and, and, and it's just fascinating to think that these men and women, they were just like us. They made serious mistakes. <laughs> Not just little baby mistakes. They were ser serious mistakes. 
And yet, they finish well. We, we fast forward to Hebrews 11, and we find out that by faith, Noah prepared an ark. By faith, he did what he was asked to do. And now he's known as one of the faithful. And yet, we look at his past and we go, man, he was, he was kind of messed up. And I look in the mirror and I say, yeah, me too. <laughs> so what does that do? It causes me to persevere. Keep on going because they did. And I follow their example. The idea of perseverance. Having this great cloud of witnesses, it helps us to finish well. And, of course, we must, in order to persevere, we must see things in their proper perspective. Often we think of pain as a detriment. And it's often playing too big a role in our decision-making process. But a proper perspective of pain. Sometimes God wants us to understand who's in control. Sometimes He has to humble us. Sometimes He has to discipline us. Sometimes it has to hurt. And if you have children... You understand the discipline factor. It's like discipline is often painful. Papa Cole made a high-density polyethylene paddle for me. And it hurt. But Papa Cole understood that I needed correction. Yep, God sometimes does that. And sometimes it hurts. God says, I know. But sometimes pain is less important than God's approval. We must put proper things in perspective like people. And think about our Lord walking around on earth as man. And you would think that everyone that he spoke to, everyone that he taught would respond in obedient faith. You would think that. But we see that that's not the, tr- that's not the truth. That's not how it happened. And so when I, whenever I teach someone, whenever we, we come across someone, we, we put our heart and soul and our, our strength into, into bringing them to the gospel, and they, they turn their back and walk, and it's like, oh, that hurts. But it hurt Jesus too. <laughs> and Jesus kept on teaching. Why? Because... He wanted God's approval, not man's. If we must uh, continue on in this particular path, we must have a purpose. The choices we make determine our destiny. Anybody want to go to heaven? Remember that? Yeah, remember. (laughs) Heather goes, yep. And that's only one. It's like, really? The rest, what are you? And it's like, yep, we have that destiny. And it's a choice. We're not going to slip, fall down, wake up and go, huh, how'd I get here? It's a street of gold. (laughs) That was a great little accident. No, it's not an accident. It's a choice. Same with hell. You're not going to slip, fall, fall down, go, whoop, how'd I get here? It's a choice. We have to have this purpose in mind. We must follow God's purpose and persevere. And realize that failure isn't final. One of the most subtle and effective attacks of our enemy 
is to use our failures to cause us to quit. Oh, you're a failure. Why even bother? Why try anymore? You can't do it, so stop trying. Oh, that's not a happy face. <laughs> I'm almost done. It's going to be fine. I know. I get that from McCoy quite a bit. <clears throat> I think I got the name right. Did I get the name right? Yes. I knew it started with an M. Failure isn't final. Obstacles in our path, they're there to make us stronger. Once you achieve that one, you can get to the next one. Proper perspective. Just remember today, if you watch that game, we have this great cloud of witnesses, just like that stadium that's filled with people, and they're watching, and they're cheering us on, and they've been victorious, and they say, you can too, you can be victorious. And the coach is on the sideline, and there's our Lord, and he's saying, yes, you can. I'm, I'm interceding for you, and I want you to be victorious. I'm, I'm there for you. I'm, I'm calling the plays, and, and you just do it my way, and this, we're going to win this. He says, press on to the mark. This can be a super Sunday. If we remember that we have to be ready with a good defense, we've got to know the playbook, we got to trust the play caller and be determined to finish. This then becomes our objective. As Christians, we've been given a wonderful privilege and responsibility. As Christians, we're given this responsibility of teaching others and, and reaching out and bringing that information to others. If you're not a Christian, it's a great day to become a Christian. This could be your Super Sunday. If you are... And stay in the game. Stay on target and, and have those things ready and be what God wants you to be. So whatever your situation is this morning, if it needs to be made public, do so together as we stand and sing. <clears throat>